and thank you for listening. Um, today I'm going to talk about Raymond Carver's Cathedral and Carver's illustration of the lost generation and its inclusion of human relationships that is conveyed in Cathedral. So stick with me for more on that. Um, I really enjoyed Cathedral by Raymond Carver. I like the way he illustrates things. I, I really enjoy how he goes about telling his stories. Um, I, I think I'm going to start with a little bit of background on Raymond Carver uh, because then that'll be able to get us right into Cathedral specifically, going over his previous works and how they they differ uh, in objective to Cathedral. And then I'll talk about Cathedral and the different themes that I've picked out that really get after what it is uh, I'm trying to convey in this argument here, uh, which is Carver's illustration of the lost generation and how he uses uh, different themes such as uh, the collapse of human relationships is something he touches on, um, the lack of ambition and direction of the lower middle class uh, characters in specifically Cathedral but also some of his other works and then also um, you know touch on his stylistic presentation and uh, what I like about it and how it really sets up uh, and illustrates the people that he is speaking of these fictional characters uh, that he talks about in these short stories so like I said first I'll start with a little background on Carver uh, he was born in 1938 and died in 1988 uh, he was a poet and short story writer born in the lodging town of Klatskanai, Oregon, and grew up in Washington. He was married and the father of two before he was the age of 20. He had a number of jobs, such as a tulip picker, pumping gas, sweeping hospital corridors, swapping toilets, and managing uh, apartment complexes. A quote from Ray Anello from News Weekly uh, said that Raymond Carver had the most distinct view of the working class, which I found very interesting. Uh, and that'll that goes along with the the stylistic presentation that, or actually, I suppose more so the my overall argument, which is how well he illustrates, you know, the lost generation of his time. Um, my father has a, a birthday of four, 1949, so Carver would be 11 years older than my 71-year-old father. And, um, you know, just thinking about that time period and the working class, my, my father didn't grow up uh, extremely wealthy, and, you know, he too turns to literature to really cope with a lot of that. He's a ninth grade English teacher, went to school for, you know, English and got a master's degree and whatnot. And he 
loves telling me about all of the stories that he read and the knowledge that he's collected and gathered throughout his years. Um, and Raymond Carvey is, I'd assume, would be one of his favorites. Um, so that distinct worldview of the working class, I mean, is just so vital to have that understanding of that in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, the cathedral was 83 a couple years before Carver's death, so, you know, you think about this time period in, in the working class and how, you know, you're sort of just scraping to get by and, you know, on that hierarchy of needs, you know, you hardly ever get past that first or second level of, and get to, you know, self-actualization or those, those higher levels, uh, you're, you're constantly worried about the security part, which is, uh, not a high quality of life, and it, I, I see it in, in my dad now, when you get to this age when you, you know, you now have that security and you're, you're fighting on these, this pyramid at the higher levels uh, of self-actualization and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was a really interesting quote to say that he had the most distinct view of the working class. Because that means he, he knows what they went through. And uh, I wonder... If Carver would be had been alive today, would he still be struggling with uh, those kinds of same feelings that my my father is going through now, which is, you know, self actualization. And once you have that security in place, you know, what's that next level of satisfaction that you're looking to acquire? So he earned his BA from Humble Bo- Boat Humble Bolt State College in 1963, and later. Uh, attended an Iowa Writers Workshop. After college, Carver returned to the Northwest as a janitor, farm worker, and delivery man. Uh, His first wife also held a series of jobs to support him as he released his short stories that became quite famous, such as Will You Please Be Quiet Please, which I've gathered is about a stalker, which is very interesting. I'll have to give that a read. Uh, sometime soon and when we talk about what we talk about when we talk about love which was 81 and will you please be quiet please was 76 and then cathedral in 1983 so Carver's stories mainly take place in the Pacific Northwest except for our cathedral piece which takes place in Connecticut but the blind man is from the Pacific Northwest, and the wife had been uh, working for him when living out there. So, not our story. Uh, another interesting quote I pulled, uh, all of this information that I pulled is from his Poetry Foundation uh, bibliography or bio. Uh, in the New York Times, Book review article Thomas Edwards described Carver's fictional world as people who worry about old cars starting, unemployment and bankruptcy, and 
and the good things in their life consist of smoking pot with neighbors, after work beers, you know, things of that nature. Uh, so their surroundings are not unspoiled scenic wonderlands, rather um, a place where making a living is hard and the texture of life is drab. So with that all in mind, you know, you can really paint a picture of, you know, Carver's way of thinking about life and just all of the things that he took from his own life experiences uh, when writing pieces like Cathedral. Uh, You know, it wasn't suburbia, you know, modern suburbia where we think, you know, everyone's living a lavish suburban lifestyle of the the American dream, you know, white picket fence and happy families and family dinners and kids going to soccer practice and stuff. No, it's more so worrying about finances I mean that's just a big theme I'm, I'm seeing in my own life lately is just just poverty and not even not even college debt that's not even the exactly what I'm talking about it's more so the people who are really uh, having a tough time getting through the everyday and what that looks like and what that can do to your mental psyche and where that puts you and whatnot so uh, moving right along, Carver's first book of stories explored a common f- flight rather than a common subject, with characters lost or diminished in their own different ways, while his third collection of stories, What We Talk About When We Talk About Love, are less a collection and more a set of variations on themes of marriage, inflexibility, and disquieting tricks of human affection. So this is where we get to uh, Newsweek, Peter Prescott, talking about Carver's concern with the collapse of human relationships. So in my research on Carver, this is what really ended up driving uh, my theme for this audio recording here, uh, was Carver's concern for the collapse of human connection. So then I thought back to my reading of Cathedral and how at odds uh, the narrator's wife was with him and how frustrated she was with his lack of empathy for the blind man and really his lack of understanding. It it was really frustrating to her and you could tell that it was uh, causing a rift in their relationship. You know, it seemed to me at least that the narrator doesn't really have much time to develop these like psychosocial skills and empathetic skills and whatnot because he's constantly worried about money and then worried about getting himself, you know, fucked up for a lack of better term, uh, to forget about those worries, you know? It's it's sort of like a a double life where you're you're worried about your job and obtaining the money and then you're worried about forgetting about your worries uh so there's not much room for other personal development in there so uh 
Another thing that Prescott mentioned was Carver doesn't only use alcohol and violence uh, when he illustrates how these relationships fall apart. Instead, he uses other characteristics and tidbits to cultivate drama, revealing the readers to wonder if the story is actually about the plot he has laid out or if it's about these underlying relationships. So I thought that was a very interesting connection because, you know, as this plot goes on, where, you know, it's just a regular dinner party, you know, the guy's visiting, the husband's being cordial enough, you know, they're eating dinner together, smoking weed, uh, drinking scotch, and watching TV together, and, you know, the plot's all laid out in front of you very simplistically and very stream of consciousness from the narrator's perspective, the husband, but... That's the plot. I mean, the plot's not even close to what this is about. The plot, the what the cathedral is about to me is the themes of human connection and the realization that you, the the reader can assume the narrator comes to at the end, which is, uh, you know, in this exercise that he ends up doing with the blind man, uh, he's able to finally sort of see. Uh, by closing his eyes and moving his hand around with the blind man's it's very very touching almost like romantic and sort of a friend a friendship way it was uh very very interesting to have it take that uh sort of fairyland turn where they're just sort of like in the zone uh the blind man's in the zone and teaching the the narrator, the husband, how to see and how to teach him and how to be affectionate. And uh, it's very odd. And it's funny because in, in the story Cathedral, we get only the narrator's perspective. So we're left seeing just his, his ugly thoughts. So we don't get to see him in the light that the wife sees him in her own mind. But uh, you know, I'd like to believe that he, he really is a better guy than he he leads on, uh, or the, the reader, you know, at first read, takes away from the story. It's because of this experience that he has with the blind man. So I, I think that is an interesting takeaway that I'd, I'd wanted to focus on a little bit is that he probably is a better guy than the story makes him lead on to be and the reader might initially think he is. So, but getting back to the fact that uh, Carver would sometimes use alcohol and violence in his other stories, whereas, uh, but what he's sort of famous for is this dialogue buildup of you know, heightening drama throughout uh, relationship, like, dynamics being at odds. So I thought it was really interesting uh, that Prescott from Newsweek highlighted that because uh, going back, like, page three of Cathedral, when the wife and narrator are at odds about the blind man's uh, dead wife, um, and he's just, like can't even understand why like a woman would want to be with a blind man because he can't see her and how beautiful she is and he just the the wife is 
upset with like his how naive he is to like uh, affection and human connection and not being like superficial and surface level stuff so I thought that was important thing to take out of everything um but like I said earlier another thing I wanted to touch on was the the rhythm of which he writes I find it so so very interesting and helpful to really get at this lost generation that I think that he's a part of and writes often about so with this stylistic approach that he takes you are sort of in that person's shoes and the events are happening to you and them simultaneously as you read and you get to get the narrator's perspective in cathedral as things are happening you know his stream of consciousness he's he gets frustrated with himself when he can't describe the cathedrals and i could i could feel that frustration it's very powerful um so i just think that that tying that back into my theme here that carver illustrates this lost generation so very well with that stylistic approach um you know he the narrator in the story is sorry just collecting my thoughts for a second the narrator in the story is very narrow-sighted for most of the transpired events so the distinction of his stream of consciousness is very interesting because you get to see exactly why you know going inside the mind of someone like that um you can see that you know what i'm conveying as narrow-sightedness right now isn't necessarily narrow-sightedness to him because, you know, he's the one who makes the money for the house that they live in. He thinks that he's got it all figured out. He's got a wife, he's got a house, he's got weed and scotch, and his wife makes him dinner, and they got a color TV, which is advanced, and he's living the good life. You know, no one's ever really told him that there's anything more to it, but that just goes back to, you know, how Carver really illustrates uh, the people of this time, uh, specifically in this story, and how, you know, they don't have that next level of self-actualization, uh, they don't really have the opportunity to think anything past security, and as I wrap up here, that's the point that I really want to drive home, is that, uh, I really enjoyed Raymond Carver's Cathedral because, he was able to put together a story in which a narrator is able to have sort of an epiphany at the end and it all builds up and you're able to relate to the narrator because of the way the style is laid out and you're able to relate to how he sees things and the relationships he has 
with the world and his significant other and how they are at odds. And I just find it all extremely well done and uh, something that's really important to know uh, from a male perspective where we've been in the past uh, as providers and what how providing can be uh, a burden at times and it's not until you know you get to be 10 20 years older past retirement that you realize that all that time that you had worried about providing and a big worry it is because like I said especially the lower middle class that he's focusing on in this I mean you don't have a chance a, a choice either way you have you have to worry about it because it's that or or death or you know like you gotta have food on the table and a roof over your head so you gotta do what you gotta do to survive so I'm just uh, very intrigued and hope that I did a good job highlighting my argument throughout this 21 minutes um that Carver does a great job of illustrating the the lost generation in my opinion in this short story and uh most of the short stories that he's done I look forward to reading some more of them and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed my analysis on Carver and I hope that you have a good rest of your day so thank you